Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. Join us this Sunday at one of our four campuses. Call times are at 9 and 11 a.m. at our Somerville and Remount campuses, 10 a.m. at our North Charleston campus, and 11 a.m. at our Monk's Corner campus. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Larry Burbacher. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit faithishere.org. All right. Who wants to be a part of that army? Yeah. Take your Bibles out. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. Great to see you guys today. So good to have you here at Faith Assembly of God. If you're a guest, we're so glad you are here as well. Uh, Who can tell me our mission statement? Okay, we're going to say it together. Connecting to Christ experiencing life. We're going to say it one more time until you get it. You'll start learning it. Connecting to Christ, experiencing life. Now this morning we're going to look at how we connect with our community. God has called us into our community to be a witness, to be a light, to connect men and women to the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might have life. Ezekiel has a vision. He has a dream. He, he, he has a, a word from God, and it's about a valley of dry bones and how they are very disconnected. But when they get connected, they become a powerful army in the hand of the Lord. Let's stand together for the reading of God's word today. And uh, you already heard part of the text in, uh, in the video, but let me read it to you from God's word from the New International Version. is Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Can these bones live. Father, I pray today as we open up your word, you will open up our hearts, our minds, God, to receive what you have for us. Lord, I thank you, God, that through the power of Almighty God, these bones can live again. Help us to believe that. Help us to be your prophetic voice to our community, to our valleys, God, that you have placed us in. And we'll thank you, God, for everybody here. And I pray, God, you anoint the preaching of the word of God, open up our ears to receive what you have, and we ask it in your mighty name, amen and amen. Turn to someone and say, can these bones live again, and then you may be seated. Like most prophets in Israel, uh, the prophets were servants to the king. They were there at the king's beck and the king's call and often worked and, and, and ministered among the kings of the land in which they lived. And, and so Ezekiel served his king, and, and in serving his king, often he would be traveling with his army, he would be, uh, on, and they would go through many different battlefields. And I can imagine as they, as they traveled along, Ezekiel had witnessed the horrors of war. He saw the carnage, he saw the skeletons, He saw the bodies, he saw the remains on the battlefield of those who had been slain, of those who had been killed, of those who had been decapitated, of those who had had their arms cut off, of those who had been slaughtered in battle, and Ezekiel had witnessed that sight many times. And God gives Ezekiel a powerful vision, and he records it for us in Ezekiel 37. 
And it's a prophetic vision. And I believe it speaks of a couple of different things. First of all, on a, on a national level or a natural level, Israel as a nation had been di- driven from Palestine. And they were like those dry bones and they were very divided. They had been scattered because of their sin, because of their rebellion. Uh, first in the northern kingdom, they are scattered by the Assyrians. Uh, and then in the southern kingdom, they are scattered by the Babylonians. Uh, and later they would be scattered all among the Roman Empire. And so you have God's nation, God's people, who are like those dry bones uh, scattered all over the Roman Empire. But how many know God would be blow on those bones again? Uh, and in 1948, Israel would finally come together and form a nation. In 1967, uh, they would conquer all those lands around them, uh, and God would one day fulfill Ezekiel's prophecy and bring every one of those bones uh, back together again in the nation of Israel. That's exciting. But I believe it also, there was a spiritual dimension of Ezekiel's dream, Ezekiel's vision, and, and, and that happened at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God would send his only begotten son, Jesus. And he would give his life for us. And he would be crucified. And the Bible says on the third day, he would rise again. Uh, But 50 days later, something would happen. The breath of God would begin to blow on that very early, newly formed church. Just like it did in Ezekiel's vision. And God's breath blowed uh, on Jew and then eventually Gentile and all around that area and the breath of God will blow uh, and the church rose up as a mighty army and they became a powerful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ and so you see a prophetical fulfillment in a spiritual sense uh, at the coming of Christ and the day of Pentecost and the breath of God blowing upon his church. Now I want to talk to us today about being that prophetic voice In our community. As you look at those first three verses, it says, And God took Ezekiel and he set him in the middle of a valley. I want to first of all propose to you that God has placed you in a valley of dry bones for his purposes and for his intentions, and he has set you in the middle of that valley. What is the valley? The valley for us is our community. The valley for us is our homes. Uh, The valley for us is our workplace. Uh, The valley for us is our relationships. Uh, And God has taken his sovereign hand uh, and he has placed us in the midst of a valley of dry bones. Uh, But every one of those dry bones represent the precious people of God. He placed us in the midst of that valley. You know, sometimes when we talk about people in general, and winning the world to Christ, and, and we talk about dry bones, sometimes uh, we don't get too concerned. We just hear about valley, and we hear about bones, uh, and we hear about people. But I want to tell you, every one of those dry bones has a name. It has a name of a person that Jesus loved, that he cared about, uh, and that he died for. Uh, those dry bones have names. Uh, they are members of your families. They are live in your neighborhood. It's your next door neighbor. It's the neighbor across the street. You see their faces every day when you go to work. You see them when you go to your soccer club and your PTA and God has set me uh, in the midst of a valley uh, and the bones were dry and they were very dry. They have names. When you go home today, 
Look across the street. See those cars that have been parked there all morning long, and you'll see the dry bones, and you'll see the people. These are people that you recognize, and they're people that you know, and these are your friends. Verse number one says, And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. Listen, God knows where you're at. God has you precisely where he wants you right now. He knows where you're at, and he brings you to that place uh, that God wants to bring you into a place of influence. A, a, a sphere of influence that God has placed you in the midst of, uh, in your community, in your environment, uh, in your surroundings. Uh, it's your valley, uh, and the bones are all around you. And he set me in the midst of the valley of dry bones. Well, what an awful scene that Ezekiel must have saw. He saw the bones and the skeletons as far as the eye could see. Everywhere he looked, he saw the valley and it was full of bones. The Bible says those bones were very dry. May not look like it. Sometimes you look at those bones and you look at your neighbors and you look at your family members and you think there's no hope for them. There's, there's nothing that can be done. They're too far from God. The, 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 they're, they're very, very dry. They're, they're too hard to reach. And then you look around and you look back at those, those that the Lord saves and those that God breathes life into once again and you think, wow, who'd have thunk it? Who would have thought this person could have ever been saved? Who would have thought this person would ever come to the Lord Jesus Christ? They were so messed up. Their, their life was ruined. Uh, their life was fragmented and broken and scattered. And yet God comes in and he brings those bones together again. And he breathes life into them. And we think, who would have thunk it? That God could save them. In fact, bones themselves can be very frightening. Skeletons can be frightening. I, 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 I don't, I'm not, I'm not into skeletons. I, uh, my mom and dad were gone one night and they were, uh, had been gone a long time. And I was just getting to that age where I was probably 12 years old, 13. And, and I had a younger brother and mom and dad thought I could handle it by myself. And so they, they would go out to eat at night and they would come back. And one night I somehow on TV watched an old movie called the screaming skull. That was a mistake when mom and dad aren't home. And I could not go to sleep that night because every time I glanced over at the closet, I saw a skeleton hanging there. I promise you there was one in my closet. And I was so freaked out by that. And I, 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 remember, I remember staying up and I could not go to sleep. And my brother's asleep and everybody's fine. And I just stood on the windowsill and looked and waited for mom to come home. And finally when mom and dad came home and they turned in that driveway, I was probably asleep in about the next five or ten minutes because I knew I was safe. Daddy was home. Skeletons, I don't know about you, but they can freak you out. They can scare you. They're, 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 they're scary to look at. But the drier the bones, the more they need you. And I looked at the bones and they were very very dry. Listen, America right now is in a post-Christian society. There, there, there was a time when, when there was, we lived in a nation that honored God. 
and our, and our founding fathers. It was based on a foundation of God and, and his premises and the word of God. And there was a time that you could call this a Christian nation. But I will tell you, God is not on the top of a lot of people's list anymore in America today. In fact, I read a statistic, and this is mind-boggling. Only 8% say they profess the Lord Jesus Christ and attend church on a regular basis in America today. Now, that just, that just blew me away. And God set them in the midst of a valley, and he looked around, and there were dry bones all around, and they were very, very dry. And so he asked the question in verse number 3, and he, and he kind of looks around the valley, and he says, Can these bones live again? And I think that's the question for every one of us. Can these bones really ever live again? Can these bones live again? Jeff, can the bones at Google live again? Matthew, can the bones at Cummins, I believe it is, can they live again? Can these bones live again? We've got to ask ourselves that question. Can they really live again? Can your rebellious child who's been away from the Lord Jesus Christ, can he or she live again? Yes. Can your unsaved loved ones be brought to the Lord Jesus Christ? Can these bones live again? You see, it's really a question of faith. And it's a question of desire. Can these bones live again? Do you have faith to believe that those that God has placed you in the midst of, those in your community can live again? But it's also a question of desire. Can I be a part of helping those bones to live again? Can they really live again? Ezekiel says, Sovereign Lord, you know they can. You know I don't know. I'm not really sure. Maybe a doubt comes in Ezekiel's mind as he looks at the carnage all around him. But he says, God, you know. You know. Something inside, I think, sometimes makes us question when we look at the bones and we look at how dry they are. But in the midst of the dry, hot, desert place, I want to tell you, these bones can live again. The drier the bones, the more they need you. And that's why God's placed you there. And that's why God wants to use you there. And they need to hear the word of God, the word that God has put into your mouth, just like they needed to hear the word that God had put in Ezekiel's mouth. Uh, And God wants to know, first of all, who is going to be his prophet. You see, there's got to be that prophetic voice. God wants you to connect to your sphere of influence, your community, and your valley, but you've got to be a voice uh, that will speak out to the dry bones, and that's why God has you there. Brought me out. I want to tell you, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're one of those that have been brought out by the hand of the Lord. Uh, God has brought you out. Uh, He has saved you. Uh, He's breathed life into you. Uh, You're not laying on the ground. Uh, Your life isn't fragmented. You've been made whole again by the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, And he has brought you out by the good hand of the Lord. You're not one of the ones laying down in the valley. Uh, You're one of the ones standing up, looking around. God has brought me out. You're a part of the family of faith. You've connected with God and received his spiritual life, and he's brought you out from that pit of death. He's brought you out. 
You're not one of the dry bones laying around. You are upright looking down at the valley. Isaiah wrote, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And you are one of the anointed ones who's been brought out like Ezekiel was. Now, God's brought you out, but he's also given you a voice. You have a voice of influence to those God has placed you in the midst of. You have a voice. A voice that has impact. A voice that hits the target right in the middle of the bullseye. You are that prophetic voice. Uh, God has placed you in your valley. Uh, God has placed you where he wants you, uh, but he has also given you a voice. Uh, He has given you a voice that will cause the bones to rattle, to begin to stir. He gives you a specific voice to your sphere of influence uh, with those people you know and you love. God has placed you where he wants you to be. Address the dry bones in faith. Begin to speak life into your families. Uh, Begin to speak life at your workplace. Uh, Begin to speak life in your neighborhoods. Uh, Begin to speak life because God has given you that prophetic voice. Uh, We need to pray that God will continue to give faith assembly of God a strong voice in the community. That they will hear that we will be an influence that we can speak to these bones. Look at what he told him to say. It's, uh, pick it up with verse number four. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Now let me tell you something. We can... We can pray for people, and we ought to pray for people, and we ought to be praying for those who are lost, and we ought to be praying for all of those dry bones. But I want to tell you, there comes a time when you've got to speak to the bones. There comes a time when you've got to testify, and you've got to witness to them, and you've got to tell them what the Lord Jesus Christ can do for them, and how God can change your life. There comes a time when you've got to testify and open your mouth and speak to them. We have got to be the ones to tell them, yes, you can live again. Yes, you can find life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you say, well, pastor, I've never been to Bible school. I don't know how to do that. No one's ever trained me. I don't know if I'd say the right thing or not. Well, first of all, every single one of you, if you know Christ Jesus, have a testimony of how Christ changed your life, how you were once one of those parched, dry bones, and the Lord Jesus Christ came in and changed you. You can tell him what he's done for you. You can tell him how the Lord brought you out of a dark place. You can tell him what he's done for you. You've got a a testimony. God moved in your life. It was all in pieces. It was all fragmented. My life was a mess. And then Christ Jesus came in and gave me life, and he breathed into me. You've, you've got a testimony. Amen. As I look around this room, I don't know everybody that's here. I know a lot of you, though. And I know there are hundreds of testimonies represented right here in this place today. 
I know because I've walked through some of those testimonies with you. I've, I've journeyed with you in the midst of those testimonies. Some of you had children. They were on their way to hell, uh, but through love and prayer, God turned their lives around. Uh, you've got a testimony. There are some in here, your marriage was absolutely on the rocks. There was no hope. It was in the toilet and you had one hand on the lever. But God moved into your marriage. He breathed life into your marriage. And those bones came together again. Hallelujah. There's testimonies all over this building today of those who have been healed by the power of God. You've got a testimony of how God came in and healed your body. There's those who've been in a place where there was no hope, but God came in and he touched your life. Uh, I want to tell you, you've got a testimony today to share, uh, but we've got to be that voice. We've got to speak up. We've got to speak to the bones. Yes, we pray for the bones. Yes, we believe for them. Yes, we intercede for them. But there needs to come a time when in boldness uh, you open your mouth and you begin to declare they can have life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it, it, it would be good for you also to know how to show them in God's word how they can be saved. On March the 5th, we are beginning a class on sharing your faith. And if you have not ever been through one of those trainings or know how to share your faith or don't feel confident in doing that, I want to encourage you that class will be for you. It begins in just a couple of weeks, and we're going to train and teach you how to share your faith so you can prophetically speak to the dry bones that are all around you. You also will speak to your dry bones with your lifestyle. The way you live your life in front of them can be a powerful, incredible testimony about what Jesus Christ has done for you. To put it another way, you can't live at home and at work like the devil and expect your words to have any impact. Your life has got to match up with your words. The way you live in holiness and separateness to God, uh, the way you think, your attitudes, your heart, uh, everything about you, the joy of the Lord, uh, the way you handle stress and persecution, all that testifies uh, so they will listen to your words because they've seen your life and you can have a positive influence on them. One lost temper, one slip of the tongue, uh, one compromising action that you do can ruin or damage your testimony. So it's important how we live in front of these dry bones. And if you live with love and you live with the kindness of the Lord Jesus Christ flowing through your heart and life, these dry bones can also see hope and they can see your joy and they'll see something in you that will make a difference in them and they'll, they'll want to know what you've got. Amen. Dry bones can live again. You've got to be that voice. You've got to live a life. But before those dry bones can ever really come to life, there's got to be a supernatural movement of God. The bottom line is you can't save anybody. Only God can do that. Only Christ can do that. Let's pick it up with verse number six and look at this movement. This is exciting. And I will attach tendons to you and will make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there came a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones 
came together bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Uh, Now, can you imagine this scene? Ezekiel's in this valley. He's got this vision. Bones are scattered all over the place, but there's this wind begins to blow, and all of a sudden there's kind of a whirlwind effect, and bones are flying everywhere. I mean, skulls are flying around and, and, and femur bones and leg bones and arm bones. And I don't know what all the names of those bones are, but they're just swirling around all around his head. It is a crazy, wild scene, uh, but the noise is taking place uh, and the bones start moving. What an incredible, supernatural vision of God. Now, we can speak and we can live the life in front of them. But only God can move the heart. Only God can stir up the heart and the soul of man. Yet even with bones and sinews and skins, the Bible says these bones were still dead. Because the breath had not yet come into them. Now something's happening. There's a noise. Something's moving. Uh, the, The flesh is coming. Something supernatural is taking place, but up to this point, there's still no life in them. Now, that tells me a couple of things. It tells me a couple of things about salvation. First of all, it tells me this, uh, that salvation is often a process. It's a process. Bones begin to come together. God begins to move the heart. God begins to bring conviction. uh, And flesh begins to appear. And incredible things start to happen. uh, And bringing dry bones to life is often a process. Sometimes we look for instant salvation. Uh, We want to share the gospel and they don't respond right away. Or we live the life or we drop these seeds along the way uh, and we see no response in our eyes or our mind. Uh, We might not see any motion in the natural, but God is doing something stirring the heart. You see, often when people come to the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul describes some stages. He says, some plant the seed. And there's those that come into our lives that they're always planting the seed. And there may be several that will come along to a dry bone and they'll plant the seeds. And he said, some come along and they water the seeds. And they talk about the Lord. And they share Christ. And they love them. And they serve them. And they wait on them. And they're watering the seeds. They're watering the harvest that is yet to come uh, but he's very articulate to say but it's christ who brings the harvest christ brings the harvest and there comes that moment uh, when they say jesus i need you uh, and he breathes into them the breath of life uh, and then they rise up god will bring the harvest listen it's going to start by you building relationships with the people around you It's going to start by you getting to know your neighbor. It's going to start by being intentional about being around unsaved friends. Sometimes we can be so cloistered in the church, we're not around many dry bones anymore. Uh, And so we've got to be intentional about being around those dry bones and living the life and talking about Christ and loving them and and serving them and being kind and praying for them and, and sharing our testimony and being there when they hurt or go through the difficult times. And their heart begins to move closer to God. And they become more receptive to the gospel. In the early days of evangelism explosion, we used to go and knock on doors. 
I tell you what, that was a terrifying thing when I had to do that. Total strangers, didn't know who they were, and, 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 and there were times that God honored those efforts. But the most effective evangelism is going to come through personal relationships. It's going to be through people you know. It's not going to be the cold turkey knocking on the door, do you know Christ? If you knock on the door today, they're ready to call the police on you. It's not the same time we used to live in. But when you get to know people, when you pray for them, when you love them, when you engage them, when, you, when you're purposeful and intentional in your relationships, the bones begin to move. But then there comes that decision time. Pick it up with verse number nine. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Now it's interesting here, the first time he says prophesy to the bones. And so there's that time we speak to those bones uh, and we speak to those bones about God. But there comes a time when we speak to God about the bones. He says prophesy to the breath, to the spirit. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. How many know that the valley of dry bones is God's playground? It's God's ground. It's God's territory. It's his next project. Uh, These are people that Christ died for, and the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. These are the bones of which God said he is not willing that one of them should perish, but that all should come to repentance. When the breath of God supernaturally comes in, everlasting life comes. And they're taking from death, dryness, disjointedness, parchedness, and the life of God comes into them and they're made alive again through Christ Jesus. I want to tell you, God has a vision for our community, for your community, for your valley. We're the voice. The community all around us is our valley. And God can use you to connect men and women to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what our mission statement is all about, connecting to Christ so that we might experience life. There there, there came a day, and I alluded to it at the introduction, but there came a day when there was 120 men and women gathered in an upper room. And they were there. And the breath of God began to blow through that place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. And that breath of God blew across that place. He had already prophesied when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be filled with power. And you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in your valley all around you, uh, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Uh, And the bones of the church began to come together. uh, And there was a rattling noise taking place in that upper room. uh, And it was the Spirit of God breathing in power. And the early church, the Bible says, rose up as a mighty army. It would be said of that church, these are those who have turned the world upside down. God used them and the gospel went out and it went to Roman centurions and it went to Samaritans and then it went through the apostle Paul all around the Roman Empire. 
and God raised up a mighty army. Now that whole process begins when, first of all, you connect to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we connect to each other. We first connect to God, and then God has called us to connect to one another. And then God is going to give us a voice as we are one, as we're united, as we're connected together. Now listen, today there may be some of you in here, and our musicians can prepare to come and minister. There may be some here today, you're in, you're in that valley. You're one of those dry bones. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life. You heard the gospel this morning, and if you'll say, God, I need you, save me, come into my life, change me, he'll breathe life into you again. And you can know him, and you can be saved today. And after we give our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, then we start this process of connecting to his church. And so together at Faith Assembly of God, we were one time a bunch of dry bones, but God came in and he breathed his life into us. And as we unite our hearts together, God can use us and we can raise up as a mighty army. You see, part of the disciple-making process is that we are meant to live out Christ in community. And so when God saves us, then he calls us to community. And that's part of the process of following the Lord Jesus Christ. There are going to be all kinds of opportunities for you to begin to connect with one another in the family of God right here at Faith Assembly of God. I believe that a powerful spirit of cooperation and unity and community and connections will help us to better impact the community around us. He told his disciples, he says, by your love for one another, that's how everyone else who watches is going to know you're my disciples. And so we disciple one another in community. Christ comes in and he breathes life into us, and then we come together in the family of God, and we connect to one another, and then God says, and you rose up as a mighty army. And we become a bold army to reach those who are not inside this place. And so God breathes life into us, we connect to each other in the body of Christ, and then we become that army that has a powerful witness to the community all around us to reach the dry bones. And so my prayer is, God, just blow across this place. Blow across this church. Blow across my life again. Breath of God, breathe on me. Stir my heart, God, for the lost. Stir my heart for the dryness of man around me. Stir my heart, God, for what you want me to do. I am praying that God will raise up men and women who will commit to be his voice. Say, Pastor, I'll be that voice. I'll speak to the bones. I'll go out and move out in faith. I'll be a part of his army. I want to do what God has called me to do. Now, the one thing that draws us together, that one thing. Thanks for listening to this weekly podcast. Check out faithishere.org for podcasts and videos of our previous messages.